Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Radio 92.9 The Game. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> it may be the nighttime. But the sports talk doesn't stop. Sports talk radio that's live, local. And not for the faint of heart. Oh, you didn't know? Sometimes angry. Loud noises! Telling it like it is. You insulted him a little bit. You got a little out of order yourself. And pretty much always right. Don't ever argue with the big dog. Big dog is always right. Text or call 404-741-0929 and be part of the show. Well, we're waiting. Live from the Kia Studios, it's time for the John Chuckery Show. Serving you up sports on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. And welcome into Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Yes, it is time for the John Chuckery Show. Hanging out with you in the Kia Studios with you for the full four. We ask you to download the Odyssey app. You're not in the car as much, but you want to listen in. Put the Odyssey app on one of your devices today. Take the smartphone, take your Alexa speakers, take your tablet, take your Roomba, take your Game Boy, take your Texas Instruments calculator. Whatever your device is, just download it on something to be able to catch us when you're on the go. Social media is at 929thegame on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And as always, the best way to keep up with us is through our personal Twitter pages, at JMCH316. That is your water cooler talking points three to six months in advance of everybody else that is out there. On the other side of the glass, producing the show, as always, Day Day is in the house at the D. Lewis for real. Well, a bunch to get into with you here uh, this evening. Let's start with the uh, Atlanta Braves and We'll talk to our buddy Bob Nightingale coming up at 740 because he broke the story about the idea of why uh, Marcelo Zuna was benched in that game yesterday. And it was because of the 415-foot single that he hit. Now, we'll talk more about that, but Bob Nightingale going to join us here coming up at 740. Um, it was a good weekend for the Braves. They took two out of three from Arizona. Uh, they found a way, you know, Rosario hit the grand slam yesterday, and uh, they found a way to win four runs in the uh, eighth inning, and um, the Braves get it done eight to five yesterday. So uh, now the Braves are 20 and 10 on the road this year. 20 and 10 on the road. I mean, that's an outstanding record. We've, we've talked all year about this, how good that they have been on the road. So. Again, can't argue about the road. Maybe be a little bit better at home. But still, when you look at where they are in the standings of everything, right, they still have one of the biggest division leads in Major League Baseball. Three and a half games. They have uh, basically Baltimore and Tampa. That's a four and a half game lead. Um, the Astros and Indians are three and a half behind the uh, Rangers and Twins. So the Miami Marlins are now three and a half games behind Atlanta. So with all of the things that have been going on, the injuries and all this good kind of stuff and trying to sort some things out, Braves have been phenomenal, and their road record is outstanding. Um, Baltimore has been outstanding as well. They're 20 and 10 on the road. I think that's the only two teams. Yeah, that's the only two teams that have 
as much as 20 wins on the road. The nine, Rangers are 19 and 12 um, on the road, and the Blue Jays, believe it or not, are 18 and 17. Uh, they've played 35 games, though, on the road. So Baltimore and Atlanta getting it done on the road. And you look at the Braves are a plus 63 run differential. The Marlins are a minus 37 run differential. 100 runs separates them. I'm surprised there isn't a bigger lead in the division for the Braves, but give the Marlins credit. They've won three in a row. They're seven and three in their last 10, so they're hanging tough. They're good at home, but below 500 on the road. So they're hanging tough. Now we get the New York Mutts, right? Day Day, when will we have our song available to us? It will be ready tomorrow. Okay, you sure? Yes. Okay, so we got the we got the extended, extended LP version. EP uh, disco version of the song. Yeah, the so, twelve inch. Right, right, the twelve inch version. So we got the extended uh, part of it. So yeah, the uh, Braves and the New York Mutts uh, get a series going underway from uh, Truist Park. So uh, Braves with a day off today. Obviously, flying back from the West Coast. So um, all good news there, but. Um, a lot of news and notes on the Atlanta Braves. So the Braves made an announcement today. The Braves today claimed infielder Lucas Williams off of waivers from the L.A. Dodgers and optioned him to AAA Gwinnett. And to make room on the ro- on the 40-man roster, Atlanta transferred left-handed pitcher Max Free to the 60-day IL. So now Wright and Freed are on the 60-day IL. That's not good news. And... The club also optioned Michael Soroka back to Gwinnett. Now, obviously, Soroka pitched yesterday in that game. Um, You know, we were looking to see if he could build off of that first start that he made. Uh, He was going up against Zach Gallon. It was not going to be an easy matchup. Um, But three and two-thirds, seven hits, five earned runs, four walks, two homers given up, and he only pitched 80 pitches. Uh, in that game with two strikeouts, two strikeouts and four walks. So obviously I don't think that this is a health or, you know, a physical issue. I just think that they want him to get back and being right. Now what happens? Because we were kind of hoping, if nothing else, that Michael Soroka could just stabilize one of those spots, right? Just, I mean, again, not trying to be the Cy Young winner, not trying to be the best young pitcher in baseball from a few years ago, not any of that kind of stuff. Just stabilize one of the rotation spots that we're missing, right? Because we've got our big three, Elder, Strider, Charlie Morton, right? We're good there. Now we've got to figure out two spots. And obviously Freed and Wright aren't coming back anytime soon. And we were hoping, and obviously Ian Anderson, not an option, he's down for the year. We were hoping that we could get Soroka. Like I said, all I needed from Michael Soroka was just kind of being a consistent five-inning pitcher, you know, not getting roughed up, and just kind of stabilize one of those spots. Michael Soroka going back down. Now we're back to Dylan Dodd and Schuster and bullpen games and all this, that, and the other. You know, we're, we're back into that kind of mode um, where, you know, it's going to be a hodgepodge of who's going to start. And, again, I don't know how long Soroka ends up being, you know, down, you know, with Gwinnett, but probably for a little bit here. Now, the Braves will play Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So they've got a lot of games in a row coming up here. In fact, their next off day won't be until June 19th. So, what, two weeks from today, right? Two weeks from today is their next off day. So, again, we're going to go through a whole stretch of games where we're going to have to figure out multiple spots in the rotation. I'm sure there's going to be at least a bullpen game or two. You're going to play 14 days, in, you know, well, what, 13 days in a row, I guess it is, 13 days in a row of, of playing. So you're going to have to figure some things out. So, again, we're kind of back into this. You know, Soroka was supposed to pitch on Friday. He was supposed to pitch on Wednesday of the following week against Detroit. Well, that's, you know, out the window now. So, now we got to figure out multiple spots. Uh, By the way, Elder Morton Strider 
will man uh, the the starting rotation against the New York Mutts. So we're gonna pitch our we're gonna take our best three guys that we have left in this thing and uh, see if we can handle the uh, the New York Mutts uh, for all of it. And Day Day has promised us. Remember, folks, he has promised us that by tomorrow we will have our F the Mets. Uh, what is it? The extended LP. EP twelve disc, inch twelve inch yeah. disco version the B side right? yeah or or the uh, DJ uh, DJ Khalid extended mix, mix version right. yeah so <laughs> we'll have all of that uh, available coming up uh, tomorrow so uh, the Miami Heat they tied up the series uh, crazy kind of game I mean you know listen we talked about this before the series started uh, this is going to be. Uh, I don't know. Have you seen any of the numbers of games one and two? I have not seen the TV numbers, but this was one of those things where this may be a really good basketball series, but I don't know how much the um, uh, the viewership was going to be in this. I have not. I'll be honest with you. I have not seen the TV numbers to tell you one way or the other. Any idea of what the TV numbers have been for games one and two? Um, but this is a this is going to be a good basketball series, if nothing else. Like this is a good basketball series to get into. So now we wait for Wednesday before we get to game number three. So you know we're playing these games, you know, about a week apart. You know, it seems like. I mean, they had about they had a. a, a 11, 11 and a half million. Okay, on so the, first, the, on the, the first war, day. so the Warriors and. Calves were getting in the 20s. They were like 20, 21, 22 million. Right. So, okay. So I would I would guess that that is a pretty good drop for the NBA Finals in games one and two. If, yeah. and if it, that's about 11 million. Yeah. Now, son, last night it went up, and I'm guessing because it was the weekend, but it did go up to 12-7. Okay. So, again, um, and, and I don't have the numbers to, to compare it to, but – I know the Cavs were doing 19, 20, 21 million when it was Cavs and Warriors for a few years ago, right? So, okay, I mean, not bad numbers. I mean, you know, again, that's, you know, when, when you have the Heat and the, and the Nuggets playing, you know, I don't know how much star power. I mean, again, it's not a matter of that they're not good basketball players, but, I mean, Joker and Butler aren't LeBron and KD and some of those kind, right, and Steph, right? They They're not the... They're not the top of the food chain kind of player. They may be great basketball players, and Joker may be the best player in the world, but if you're that casual NBA fan, you might not know as much about, you know, Jokic and what he can do on the basketball court. And obviously for the East Coast people, they just don't see a whole lot of it. I, right? I was going to say that's going to be the case with a lot of people too, um, west or east of, I guess, the Mississippi, right? Because yeah, I mean, they're, they're, I mean, they're not – for as good as they have been, they're not one of the marquee teams. Like Golden State, the Lakers, those are marquee teams, right? right. Those are marquee franchises. The Nuggets are not a marquee franchise. No. And then when they do get TV time, national TV time, they're coming on 10, yeah, o'clock, 10 o'clock at night at, yeah. on, our, on right. our side. So, right. you know. Yeah. And, and uh, again, for all the success that Miami has had, you know, it's not. It's this is not LeBron, Wade, and Bosh, right? I mean, it's right. not that big three. Jimmy Butler is an outstanding player, second team All NBA. Not taking anything away from him, and I think I think he's, I think Jimmy Butler is one of the more underappreciated players in the NBA. Definitely for what he does and what he means to his team, and, and honestly, what he's meant to a whole bunch of franchises. You know what he's meant to multiples of franchises, but. Specifically, you know, for the Miami Heat, I think he's one of the more underappreciated players. And again, I don't know how much it's going to move the meter. If they're only eleven or twelve million, I mean, that's that's significantly down from years past of what the NBA Finals um, have been. So, but Game Three will be coming up on uh, on Wednesday, and um, uh, Miami did its job. It took one of two right in Denver, so the Heat are uh, are back home, and um, you know that'll be an eight thirty tip. On Wednesday, and I think you're right, Day Day, that the the weekend did give it a little bit of a boost. But I would have I would have thought that they would have been maybe somewhere 15, 16 million, maybe not such a big drop from what we've seen in years past with uh, with everything. So uh, again, it's uh, 
you know, it's just, it's two teams that necessarily don't uh, move the meter. Good basketball series, but um, I don't know how much it really moves the meter on uh, on everything. So we'll see what that, what happens uh, there. So um, and we'll talk some. Um, uh, also, we'll talk some college football with uh, Heather Dinich, uh, senior writer of college football for ESPN. She will join us coming up at uh, eight twenty. Some good conversation about not necessarily about the football stuff, but. Again, all the behind-the-scenes things that are going on. Expansion, possibly, for the Big 12. You know, SEC schedule. I mean, all these different things that are coming in to everything. So, um, and we get a little bit of football talk in there as well. But but certainly, obviously, a lot going on um, in the world of college football. All right, 404-726-0929. 404-726-0929. I'm going to open up the phone lines. Do you believe what Trey Young had to say about Nate McMillan? 404-726-0929. We'll give you Trey's comments about Nate McMillan and the offensive philosophy of Quinn Snyder moving forward. Up next, Chuck Green, the Kia Studios, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, Odyssey.com app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Sports Radio 92.9, the game back at a Chuckery show, hanging out in the Kia Studios with you on a Monday evening. All right, 404-726-0929. 404-726-0929. We're going to play a Trey Young clip here from uh, his podcast. What's his podcast uh, called? The um, From the Point podcast. Talking about Nate McMillan here in just a minute. We're going to get your reaction to all of this, 404-726-0929, 404-726-0929. So on his podcast, um, Nate McMillan, or sorry, uh, Trey Young cleared some of the air on Nate McMillan in talking about him and had this to say about him. It's uh, It was never easy, uh, obviously, losing uh, Coach Nate. Um, I mean, everybody always, they can say what they want. Yeah. Uh, me and him had a really good relationship. I mean, you can't go to the Eastern Conference Finals without having a good relationship from the, the coach to the PG. So um, we had a great relationship. Obviously, things didn't end how we both wanted it to. Um, but, I mean, that's just the NBA and this is business. Okay, but you also can't have a head coach fired a year and a half after making that Eastern Conference Finals run. And, not, and, and when we hear all of the reports that the star player and the head coach did not get along, and there was frustrations there, including when Trey Young didn't show up for. Remember that one game day day where he didn't show up and wasn't on the bench. Yeah, and there was supposedly miscommunication. Okay, after the so, practice. Yeah. Okay, so how good was their relationship? I'm not listen. I'm not saying that Trey Young and Nate McMillan were at the point they were going to fight and duke it out, right? But. Less than a year and a half or a year and a half later, Nate McMillan is gone. And all the reports were that it was because the coach and the star player couldn't get on the same page. Now, if what he says is true, now listen to this, Day Day. If what he says is true, 
then are all the people who said it was all about coaching, are those people wrong? Are those people wrong? Because he talks about having a good relationship. And again, they weren't going to fight. It wasn't like they were going to slug it out or duke it out. But you can't tell me that there wasn't some smoke to some of that fire. Do I think that they had a good enough relationship that they could communicate with it? Yes. I don't think it was so toxic between those two that, you know, again, and what's the first thing we heard about Quinn Snyder? Well, can Quinn Snyder, you know, deal with the star player and all this, that, and the other? Okay. Doesn't that lend into the idea that the relationship was strained in some ways or contentious in some ways? See, you can't have it both ways. You can't all you can't blame everything on Nate McMillan and then hear Trey talking about how it was all bouquets and roses. And he can't say that we can't we you know, well, you can't get to the Eastern Conference Finals without, you know, having a good relationship. Okay, but you can't have that good of a relationship and have your coach fired a year and a half later. See, those two things don't necessarily work themselves out. And for a franchise that has had little success, I mean, let's be real. They have not had very much success in this franchise's history. Blips and bloops and bleeps, you know, specks of dust along the way. That you fire a guy who took you further than any coach has in the history of the organization a year and a half later. And I'm not even saying that it wasn't justified and things like that. But still, like the two things don't kind of go along with one another. So 404-726-0929. How much do you believe in what Trey Young had to say? Now, one of the other things that Trey Young also brought up on his podcast was the idea of him shooting more threes. I'm going to read you this quote from Trey Young on his podcast. Quote, I'm going to focus a lot more on shooting threes. Quinn likes us shooting a lot more threes, getting good shots and making sure my three ball is back to where it needs to be. Didn't he just have his worst three-point shooting season in his career? He's never been a 40% three-point shooter. Now, this does line up with what we have heard about Quinn Snyder and the idea of Quinn talking about shooting more threes, right? We've heard that quote from other people on this roster, that Quinn wants to shoot more threes. And, again, I, I, I can understand some of the analytics and the metrics about it, but still, for instance, I think DeJounte Murray is one of the best mid-range shooters in the NBA I'm not going to take that away. from. I, 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 I'm not going to sacrifice his ability to get to the basket and take that mid-range jumper for him launching up more threes. And Trey Young averaged 6.3 attempts per game from three last season. How many more threes do we want him putting up? If he's only going to be a 33 to 35% shooter from three, how many more threes per game do we want? Not just Trey Young. But this team, I got too many guys at times that think they're three-point shooters. John Collins thinks he's a three-point shooter. DeAndre Hunter thinks he's a three-point shooter. I'm not talking about Trey or DeJounte or A.J. Griffin. I'm talking about John Collins and, and DeAndre Hunter. Those guys, are, those guys don't need to be hucking up more threes. But you know what, though? There's definitely a good chance. So <laughs> that's the second part of all of this. As far as the first part goes, with the with the whole you know Nate McMillan thing, I just don't see how I don't see how we can hear about everybody talking about well we've got to have an evaluation of the roster and we've got to see if the star can get along with the head coach. Why do we have to see that? If the star player had such a good relationship with the last coach, why do we have to worry about whether or not the star and the head coach can get together? Day Day, why shouldn't. do we why do we have to worry about all that stuff? Yeah, we shouldn't. Right. If the relationship was so good and it was and it was so well done, then we shouldn't have to worry about that because, again, if, if it was all hunky-dory under the last coach, why would it not be under this coach? What would have changed? 
I mean, by all accounts, Quinn Quinn's a you know Quinn Snyder's a a player's coach, and he's obviously an excellent mind and a basketball you know savant and all these other kinds of things. Why why would we have to worry about that kind of stuff? Because it's two coaches in a row that there has been issues with the head coach and star player. Now, do you remember the book The Bronx Zoo? Yes. Okay. Do you remember what that was about? I don't think I actually read it. So that was about the, the turmoil of the New York Yankees, right? Yes. Remember in the mid-late 70s that the Yankees were a multi-time yep. World Series champion? Yep. Okay. You think Reggie Jackson and Thurman Munson got along with one another? Nope. You think they were ready to fight? Yep. Okay. You think Billy Martin was, uh, you know, and, and managers like that were were all in the camp of Reggie Jackson and people like that? Nope. It's documented that there was a... Oh, okay. <laughs> a lot of... I mean, that's why it was called the Bronx Zoo. Yeah. So, you know, so just because you have success doesn't mean everybody gets along. It doesn't mean that everybody gets along with one another. Doesn't mean that everything is behind the scenes all hunky-dory. So, success doesn't necessarily lead to um, harmony within your franchise. I mean, look at the most storied one with uh, the the Chicago with Jordan and uh, the guy. What was his name? Uh, that uh, the GM. That, what? Uh, oh, uh, with the Bulls. Uh, that they didn't get along. Well, I mean, are you talking about Jerry Reinsdorf? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, Kevin Herter talked about the idea of the worst thing that happened to the Hawks was having that Eastern Conference Finals run. And now we're led to believe that everything was hunky-dory between coach and star player and all that kind of stuff. And see, some of this stuff could have been cleared up if Trey had spoken when he – remember when Nate was fired and he had that personal day off and all that kind of stuff? If some of this would have been cleared at that – if they could have cleared the air at some of this time, it – He let it linger. What do I always say, Day-Day? Perception has the same effect as truth. Yep. And in the fans' eyes, for a lot of fans and a lot of people, it looked like that Trey was dodging some of this and didn't want to speak about it. Now, again, I know he had a personal day and all that, and it was excused, and I got no problem with that. I got no, I got no problem, no issue with, with him having it. But not saying anything about it, even when you came back, not saying anything about it made it linger, and it made the perception of it look worse than what it was. And again, what did we hear from John Collins and some of the other people? Well, his message wasn't getting through. His message was stale. His message was for a younger team. And on and on and on and on about the message that Nate was providing. Again, I don't think that there I don't think that Nate and Trey were going to slug it out in the back alleys of the of a building somewhere and they're going to fist-to-cuff fight. But there were philosophical differences. There was a philosophical difference between what the star was thinking and what the head coach was thinking. And there couldn't be all that smoke without being some fire to it. Like, I don't believe, I don't believe everything just kind of happens in a vacuum like that. I don't think, I don't think everybody that reports on the idea of there was contentiousness between the head coach and star player, that not everybody got it wrong. Not everybody was wrong in that scenario. So, again, it is interesting that we're getting this now. You know, and again, I I, want to hear more about this kind of stuff. And, you know, we as most people feed into the negative, right? And obviously, you know, Quinn Snyder coming in, evaluating players, because we heard that from what? We heard that from Steve Coonan and everything else that, you know, he needed to evaluate the players and relationships and this and that and whatever like that. Okay. Well, if everything was so glorious with the last guy, then they did they need to fire him? And again, I, I think firing Nate, you know, was a move that was going to happen. This franchise was going nowhere with that direction. But why didn't it work? 
if you have, if your star player and your head coach had such a good relationship, then why did it not go anywhere? Why, why, why was it unsuccessful since that Eastern Conference Finals run? And we've talked about this. They didn't do a single solitary thing to build off this. And by the way, it's not all Tony Wrestler's fault. Him going in, him not going into the luxury tax is certainly part of this in building a roster, but it's not the whole story. You can't just simply blame it on Tony Wrestler not wanting to be in the luxury tax for the Hawks' woes because they still had Hunter and Collins and Capella and Trey and DeJounte and all these guys drafted a promising rookie, Jalen Johnson, playing this year. It's not all Tony Wrestler's fault because they didn't want to go – just because they moved on from Kevin Herter doesn't mean the franchise should have collapsed underneath itself. So, interesting comments, but not sure how much of it I completely believe. All right, Bob Nightingale going to join us up next. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, the Odyssey.com app. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, back at a Chuckery Show, hanging out in the Kia Studios on this Monday evening with you. 404-741-0929, that is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app, you catch us on the go. Social media is at 929 The Game at JMCH316. Braves will be back at it uh, tomorrow. Bryce Elder and Carlos Carrasco. Um, boy, you talk about a, a matchup of old veterans coming up on two, on a Wednesday. Sorry, uh, Charlie Morton and Max Scherzer will hook up on Wednesday, and then the uh, old guard versus the new guard, Spencer Strider versus Justin Verlander. So this will be a a very interesting matchup, and certainly a chance. You know, we didn't get to see the Mets a whole lot because obviously that crazy series that was supposed to be a five game series had all the rainouts to it, and they only ended up playing three games, right? I mean, it was just kind of a crazy, kind of goofy series. But this this has a chance to, you know, look, this is, uh, you know, in the words of Kevin Nash, this is where the big boys play. And right now, when you look at where the Mets are, when you look at where they are in the standings of everything, you know, Mets are right now in, what, third place in the division? You know, they're five and a half games out. You don't want to find yourself, you know, if the Braves can take, you know, two out of three or sweep. I mean, you know, you feel like you start to kind of get some separation. I mean, right now, eight games ahead of Philadelphia, five and a half against the Mets. Surprisingly, only three and a half over the Florida Marlins or Miami Marlins. But still, I mean, again, this is a series that I don't want to say it's must win for the Mets, but you have to feel like you're going to keep this thing close. You have to, you have to, if you're a Mets fan, you have to feel like you're trying to keep this thing close because right now they're 30 and 30 and they've spent, what was it? They spent $900 million or some ridiculous amount of money in contracts this off season, right? Eight or $900 million. It's crazy how many con uh, contracts that they, that they signed up, right? And all the big money that they, that they put out there. And to only be 30 and 30. And yeah, they had some injuries at the beginning of the season. But again, look, we've got the best left-hander in baseball that's down right now. And we've got our 20-game winner from last year that's down right now. So everybody's facing injuries. Everybody's everybody's fighting through some different things. But this is a this is a good series for for the Braves. Elder and Carrasco, Morton Scherzer, and Strider and Verlander. I'm especially looking forward to seeing what Strider and Verlander. Uh, can come up with. Um, that's, you know, again, the uh, the old guard, which I think Verlander is a first ballot um, Hall of Famer, and uh, obviously the new guard and Spencer Strider, who, you know, who knows what uh, what will happen uh, in his career. Um, Verlander's only two and three with a 425 ERA, so he's had his struggles. Um, only 30 strikeouts and 36 innings. 
That's a pretty low number for Justin Verlander. I'm trying to see when's the last time he had that low of a uh, strikeout um, strikeout per nine total. I mean, let me put it this way. He was nine and a half last year, and he was, in 2019, he was 12.1, 12.2 in 2018, uh, 10 and a half in 2020. So it's been a four-year decline where his strikeouts per nine have gone down each of the last four seasons. Now, obviously, he only pitched six innings in the in the pandemic year of 2020. Then he missed all of 2021. But he's had a four-season decline in his strikeouts per nine. So, again, look, he's 40 years old, right? I mean, he's not going to pitch forever. But, you know, again, Charlie Morton is still doing some good things. I mean, he's been – He's been near double-digit, you know, strikeouts per nine innings and things like that. So, um, but you know, we'll see what what happens uh, in this series. But you feel like that if you're a Mets fan, you've got to keep this thing close. And we talked about this last week. The idea of okay, if you get once you get through Arizona and you get through this Mets series, then the schedule really starts to lighten up. Washington, Detroit, Colorado, at Philadelphia, but then at Cincinnati home with Minnesota, that's the rest of the schedule for the month of June. That's that's pretty good. you got a couple of last-place teams that are in, in that mix of, of series. So this series, you know, the series in, in uh, Arizona and now against New York, you get through all of that, the road starts, to, the, the light at the end of the road kind of, you know, gets gets a little bit brighter, right? Like, it's a little bit easier, and this could really be a chance for the Braves to start to separate themselves from, you know, the rest of the teams in their division. If they can take care of the business against the Mets, they can take care of business at Philadelphia, who's struggling right now. They're, they're you know, basically just kind of floundering around in that Eastern division, eight games back. They're in fourth place. I mean, the only team that's saving them is Washington, who's, one of the more dreadful teams in Major League Baseball. But Detroit's not very good. Colorado's not very good. Cincinnati's probably below average. Minnesota's all right. They lead their division. But, again, they're a very kind of mediocre team. So this opens itself up that if you can get through this, you know, get through this series with the Mets and at least win two out of three, things start to open up. And, you know, who knows? You get to the month of July and you start to open up a – seven, eight, nine-game lead, I think it's going to be hard for those teams in the East to try to come back because the Braves are not going to go into any kind of funk. And, you know, the idea of the Mets or the Phillies having the kind of winning streak that the Braves had. Remember when the Braves got on that massive run? You know, that was after, what was his name? What's his name? Sal uh, Sal Bag of Donuts or whatever proclaimed the NL East over and the Braves went on that run. And it's funny, too, because Bob Nightingale tweeted this, that, the Braves had another meeting in Arizona. Remember last year when they had that meeting in Arizona? Remember when they had that meeting a year ago? The uh, Braves were 23-27, and 27, 10 and a half games out of first place, and they ended up going 78-34 and 34 after that. This year, after they had lost three or four games on the road trip, they had a clubhouse meeting on Saturday in Arizona, and they were 2-0 and since then. Don't know if it's going to have the same effect, but it seems like, you know, when the Braves get out to Arizona, that's the place to clear. Maybe it's the desert air. Maybe it's maybe it's the, the you know, the heat and the humidity and the desert air. You, you breathe in better, right? I mean, you're, you open up your sinuses and different things like that, and everybody gets a chance to breathe better. But certainly, I mean, you know, it, it paid dividends last year. Pay dividends. And remember, we heard about that meeting, right? We heard we heard about that meeting about, okay, you know, Snicker called a clubhouse meeting and all this to kind of clear up the air, and they were kind of floundering around. And then they got off to that massive winning streak and just never looked back. I mean, think about that, 78 and 34. 78 and 34 is what they were after that 23 and 27 in Arizona, 10 and a half games out. That's not all, what's his name, Sal Bag of Donuts or whatever. So that that's not all just what he had to say, that they went on a torrid, torrid pace. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But uh, obviously, so far, so good. 
you know, but this is a this is a chance to kind of separate themselves a little bit more from from the Mets, get themselves a little bit more breathing room. And look, if you're, you know, seven, eight games up, you get into July, you start feeling pretty good about yourself. Because I don't think the Mets, I don't think right now, based upon what I've seen out of the New York Mets or the Philadelphia Phillies, they've got a 78 and 34 in them. I don't think they've got anything close to a 78 and 34 in them. And obviously, you know, again, until somebody else wins the division, I'm not going to believe that, you know, anybody but the Braves are going to win this division. May happen at some point. You know, at some point they may, you know, they may get caught. But again, even if you don't do well against the New York Mets over these next few days, like I said, you're playing some last place teams. So things start to open up a little bit easier. So, all right, let's head out to the WadeFord.com hotline. Let's talk to our buddy Bob Nightingale, national MLB columnist for USA Today. Bob's on Twitter, at B Nightingale. Bob, as always, buddy, appreciate it, man. Thanks for a few minutes here in Atlanta. Uh, sure, my pleasure. Thanks, Chuck. You know, it uh, certainly seems like uh, when Brian Snicker calls a meeting in Arizona over these last couple of years, I guess that they, they it's like E.F. Hutton, right? When he talks, they listen. Yeah, I mean, we're last year, look at charm, and uh... – it's funny, like you said, he goes, oh, well, I look smart when I, when I do it before I, uh, Strider pitches. And that's uh, what happened last year, too. Strider made his debut in Phoenix and uh, had the team meeting and took off. You know, Bob, you had the story about um, Brian Snicker benching Marcelo Zuna after, you know, looking at the home run. You know, I like the fact of, of not just the fact that he's holding guys accountable, but I, I really like the fact that, this got out publicly, that, that this was a story that came out publicly, that they didn't try to monkey around or tinker around or say, oh, well, Ozuna pulled a hamstring or anything like this. No, like he made he made Ozuna and these guys be accountable for their actions. I, I give Snicker a lot of credit. I mean, he's an old soul in baseball, but, you know, a lot of managers I don't think would have, you know, put it out there in public or, or you know, been as honest about the situation as what he was. No, 100% with you. You know, when it happened, I said, oh, is he going to get benched? You know, kind of forget that he's a DH. You don't know if he's going to get benched or not. Right. Obviously, obviously, they didn't pinch run for him. But then when they brought in a, uh, you know, Olsen, a pinch, uh, pinch hit, I said, okay, yeah, now we're, uh, you know, and I'm sorry, not, not Olsen, but Murphy. He said, okay, this is was it. And, uh, you know, nobody really asked him about it downstairs. It's like, man, this should be big. And, and finally, uh you know, he acknowledged that, you know, simply, yeah, he feels, he feels bad about it. But I'm glad Snicker did. I'm, you know, I'm glad he outed him because that was inexcusable. It cost him a run. It could have cost him the game. He should have been at least on second base, if not third, at least second. And then remember when the, uh, there was a pass ball and the uh, ball hits the right side, so it cost him a run. You know, Bob, you know, we're, I was talking about the schedule for the Braves, and once they get through this Mets series, things really open up. I mean, they play the Mets at home for three games, They'll later in the month they'll go on the road to Philadelphia, but they've got a couple of last place teams in the schedule: Detroit, um, Colorado. Um, obviously, you know even even the Twins are kind of a little bit kind of mediocre right now. The Reds are nothing really special. You know, it feels like if the Mets and Phillies don't start to strike now, then this thing could start to separate itself as you get into July because, again, the Braves have a lot of, and, and I say easy games, but but they don't have some difficult series that are coming up outside of New York and Philly. No, I agree. I, I think, I mean, I, I really believe Atlanta's a class of National League. Uh, I, yeah, I'd be stunned if they don't win the East. Uh, you know, the Phillies are going to be, you know, kind of quick stand all year. I don't know what they're doing. Uh, the pitching's not there. You know, the Mets are uh, Nope. Did we lose Bob? Oh, I think maybe we lost uh, lost Bob. Bad connection, bad signal uh, there. So, um, well, anyway, listen. Coming. Oh, 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 Bob, like are you there? Yeah. So no, I like him a lot. I I I think they're going to win the uh, the pennant again. Uh, I don't see a team uh, better than them. Do you think that this is Verlander's last season? I mean, is you know, again, it's. I understand the injuries early in the year, but it has been a struggle for him. I mean, is this the year we finally see Verlander hang it up? Remember, he signed a two-year contract for uh, eighty-six million. He's not going to walk away for forty-three million. So no, I don't, no, I don't believe that. 
remember, uh, he's always said, Chuck, that he wants to pitch he's 45. I don't think that's going to happen, but I'm not sure it's even going to be done after these next two years. Yeah, I mean, and I know he's had he had the monster season last year, right? I mean, he was the, the Cy Young winner last year, but is it just, you know, was it just the early season injuries and trying to get back into it, or have you seen something different about him? Because this has been, and I know the injuries, you know, have factored into, you know, the 2021 season and, and the pandemic year, but he's had four straight years where he's had a, a lower number of strikeout per nine innings, and you know, at some point, I mean, you know, when you lose that ability to get guys out nowadays, you know, again, guys are just going to sit there and tee off on you. And, you know, I just I, I wonder about if it's if it's just, you know, age, health, like what is it about him? Well, yeah, I think it's age. And remember, guys were using the uh, the sticky stuff. I mean, it's so common in baseball. And I think it was prevalent, you know, with guys in Houston, stuff like that. And, uh and, you know, guys are getting away with it now that, you know, MLB is cracking down on all the pitchers. I, I think kind of a combination, just age and, you know, you can't get the grip on the ball like you used to. And, uh, you know, I mean, we haven't seen too many guys, you know, pitch one or forties. You know, Randy Johnson, you know, uh, you know, he starts with his age. You know, Nolan Ryan's about the, about the lone exception. You know, Roger Clemens there. But that's about it. You know, not too many guys can do that. You know, Bob, you're in Arizona are you still surprised? I mean, you and I talked about this specifically about, okay, could Arizona hang for a while? And you said that, you know, eventually their pitching might catch up to them just trying to overtake the Dodgers over 162 games. Are you still surprised that they're hanging tough with the Dodgers? I mean, 35-25 and 25 at this point of the season, pretty good home record. They're above 500 on the road. They are a plus, you know, run differential team. Are you surprised that they're still hanging in there? Oh yeah, you know, I think they're going to hang in there. I don't think they're a. Uh, I don't think they're going to go all in to trade the line or anything like that. I still think they're a year away. I mean, we saw that in the Atlanta series where they uh, lost two of three. You know, the bullpen coughed it up. Uh, you know, they got two you know, magnificent starters, particularly with with Zach Gallen. You know, you still got you know Merrill Kelly too. But you know, I'm not sure that the staying power. Uh, but I tell you what, I didn't think the National League was going to be this down, Chuck. I mean, I never thought the uh, the Mets, the Phillies, and particularly the Padres would be this bad. And, and again, we've seen teams like Pittsburgh be four games above 500. The Marlins are four games above 500. I mean, it does seem like the, the National League is upside down from what it's supposed to be right now. Yeah, I mean, look all the money. I mean, the uh, you know the Mets with the with the taxes is you know about five hundred million dollars. The uh, the Padres are about you know uh, over two you know, two hundred fifty million dollars. Uh, so yeah, it's it's embarrassing. I think if the Padres don't make the playoffs, Chuck, I think it's the most it'll go down as the most underachieving team in baseball history. So do you think that Mets, Phillies, Padres, if they continue to underachieve? that they will look to move some of those assets? Or do you think that they ride it, you know, this entire year and, and stay the course? I know how much money they forked out, but, you know, at some point, if you're not getting any kind of return on investment, do you try to offload some of those contracts? No, I think they uh, stay the course, you know, for the season. be too embarrassing to give up. You know, plus, National League is down. So, you know, there's uh, all those, you know, three wild card spots. So you can't give up. Now, in the offseason, it might be a different story. I think if the Padres don't make the playoffs, they got to see what they get for Juan Soto. I, I would dump him and uh, see what you get back. Uh, you know, you can't do anything with Machado. He's got the, uh, you know, no trade clause. Tatis is having a good year. Uh, Bogart, you know, showing a lot of health. So, yeah, I don't I don't see them or the Mets you know, or, or the Phillies do anything during the season. But the offseason, they might have to look in the mirror and say, you know what, it's not working. Let's lose some people. Bob, the Texas Rangers just continue to pile up wins, and their run differential is just absurd. And, and you know, we talked about, you know, potential MVP candidates before, but, again, this team is just – I don't know. What what do they do? I mean, they're 38-20. and 20, They're a plus-152 run differential. They're dominant at home. They're dominant on the road. Like, why, why is this team, like, suddenly just come up and, and been so good this year? Well, because they got the biggest uh, free agent acquisition in all baseball, Bruce Bochy. 
Uh, <laughs> you know, it's amazing this guy was sitting out there. Nobody wanted him. And uh, it's pretty much the same team. Yeah, they got a couple of parts. I mean, you know, Butch Grom hasn't pitched. So, yeah, Butch made a difference. And his sidekick, of course, is Mike Maddox, the pitching coach. Uh, you know, they, they made some nice free agent uh, moves. You know, Nathan Evaldi has been great. Uh, you know, of course, you know, Sammy in a year ago and Digger uh, a year ago. But I, I think, you know, it, it shows what a coaching staff, what a difference uh, can make for a team. So I know Otani is in line to just get the, you know, Megalodon type of contract long term. But as this team with the Angels just continues to flounder and just, again, I think they're, they're what, a game above 500? And, and you and I specifically talked about the idea of, you know, that Mike Trout may be, you know, this generation's, you know, kind of Ted Williams. I mean, just not much, you know, playoff appearances and, you know, maybe not winning a World Series. But are they going to pay Otani, you know, $500 million? I mean, to be there, I know the attraction of it, but from the baseball perspective, they get nothing out of having arguably the two best players in baseball, maybe along with Aaron Judge, but maybe two of the three best players in all of baseball for it. No, and what they are getting out of Otani is money. I mean, he's worth about, I was told, about $20 million a year, Chuck, with the licensing and merchandising and everything else. So, you know, and, you know, trust got bringing some money, nothing like Otani. So, yeah, it's a shame, and uh, I think they'll stay with it unless they just have a complete free fall and, uh, and just kind of lose them as, as a free agent. You know, I think it's a you know, 50-50 coin flip. Does he go to the Dodgers or goes to the uh, you know, San Diego Padres? I think he likes San Diego a lot. I mean, likes uh, Southern California a lot. I'm not going to completely rule out San Francisco or Seattle, but he's such a home buddy. I, I think he definitely stays out west. Bob Nightingale is a national MLB columnist for USA Today and join me on the waitfor.com hotline. Check out his personal Twitter page, at B Nightingale. Bob, as always, buddy, appreciate it, man. Thanks for a few minutes in Atlanta. We will certainly chat again soon. Sure, my pleasure. Thank you, Chuck, as always. You, you got it, as uh, always. <laughs> come up top of the hour. <laughs> uh, when we come back, Falcons flyover coming up. Your news and notes about the Atlanta Falcons. Chuck Reed in the Key Studios, Sports Radio 929 The Game and the Odyssey.com app. Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.